Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good morning. It's good to be in the house of God, isn't it? I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Amen. I um, am honored to be uh, teaching you um, on this Sunday morning, and I'm certainly thankful for our pastor and, uh, and his family, and uh, there's been many people that have prayed and spoken about Sawyer, and uh, I'm sure he'll be talking about that, but uh, I'm just so thankful for the body of Christ and uh, for the prayers of the saints of God. I feel like I'm a little bit out of breath right now, but, but uh, just so thankful for the people of God. And um, I know we already prayed, but uh, I believe that God wants to speak to us uh, this morning. And uh, this will be the last week um, on the series of the Word of God. But I believe that God has something specific for us here this morning. Uh, one more time, let's pray. Jesus, I love you. Lord, I thank you for your Word. God, I thank you, Lord, for your Spirit. God, we, we need your spirit to reveal God to us. I pray for revelation in this room today. I pray for revelation, oh God, in this room. Open our hearts, our minds. Open, open us, oh God, to your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. If you're a young person... Uh, and, and you missed the announcement, make sure uh, head on down to the youth center. Sister Lex is, is there uh, teaching, and um, it has been just an um, outstanding youth revival. And uh, young people praying, getting a hold of God. We have seen three young people filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Young people being baptized in Jesus' name. It's, I'm telling you, there's something amazing happening in our young people. I saw young people dancing and, and running the aisles. I saw them praising. I saw young people that have never done it before. I saw them doing it in that youth service with no music on a Thursday night. Dancing, running, leaping. God's doing great things in, in, this, in this youth group. Amen. Um, be seated. I, I want to get right into where we are, and I'm going to read a scripture, but you can remain seated. Isaiah chapter 40 and 8 is where we have started uh, in this series and where we, will, uh, where we will continue to be. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. We are living in a day where truth is under attack. All forms, all fashions of truth, truth as a whole, is under attack. Nearly three out of four Americans, Americans say there is no such thing as ultimate or absolute truth. And unfortunately, the numbers don't look much better along among those who proclaim to follow Jesus. In a society where we are living in a society where ultimate truth is treated like a fairy tale. 
outdated idea or even an insult to human intelligence. The motto of the day has become your truth. Believe whatever you want. Do whatever seems best to you. Live whatever brings you pleasure. As long as it doesn't hurt anyone, and of course, be tolerant. Don't try to tell anyone that their truth is wrong. And because of a world absent of truth, suicide is the leading cause of death among our young people. 4,000 families tomorrow will file for divorce, all because we have gotten away from the principles of the Word of God. But in 2023, if we have ever needed a foundation on which to stand, if we have ever needed a, a sure place for the decisions we make, for the thoughts that we think, for the ways that we take, if we have ever needed a place that is stable, unmoving, unwavering, and unchanging, we need that place right now. And the Bible tells us in John 17 and 17, sanctify or purify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Truth can be found no further than the word of God. This book, front to back, cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, is the ultimate absolute truth of the word of God. Back in the day, they tried to drain your blood to get rid of sickness and disease. But if they would have just looked at the word, they would have learned that the power of life is in the blood. I'm telling you, the answers to your marriage and to your family and to crisis and just how to make it over there, every answer that we need is in the word of the Lord. Can you say amen? Oh, amen. Let me review. Last week we covered the purpose and the power of the word of God. The purpose of the word of God is that it reveals truth to us. Somebody say it reveals truth. It answers every question about what life is actually about. The Bible reveals to us who God is. Reveals to us who we are. It reveals to us God's plan of salvation. It reveals to us how we should live. And lastly, it reveals to us what happens when our life is over. Psalms 119 Takes, a, takes all of these things into consideration and sums it up in just a couple verses. It says in verse 104, through thy precepts, somebody say the word, I get understanding. Understanding, it's something that's revealed or uncovered to me. Therefore, I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It reveals where I am and a light unto my path. It reveals where I must go. So the word is twofold. It is a revealer of the things that I mentioned, but it is also a personal, personal revealer. It reveals to me where I am in comparison to his word and the way that I must take to get in alignment with what his word is saying. It reveals all of those big things, but the word is powerful enough to get exactly where you are, to show you where you are, and to show you where you need to go to get back on track. 
That's how powerful the word of God is. That in one book, God can take eight billion people and align them on one single path to find truth. And so it doesn't matter where they are, where you are, what path they're taking, he's taking, she's taking. It doesn't matter. If, if, if they're gay, they're straight, they're, they're broke, they're rich, they're white, they're black, they're this, they're that. It doesn't matter the diversity of paths. What matters is, though, though we may be taking different paths, every path leads back to the truth of the word of God and to make heaven our home one day. That's what the word of God does. And that's how powerful the, oh, can I preach right here for a moment? It does not matter what path you have found yourself on. If you will allow the word to reveal to you where you are, it can show you a new path. It can show you a new way. Come on, you may be afar off, but I was too. You may be afar off, amen, but they were too. And just like he showed them the way, if you'll allow him, he's going to, He's going to show you the way. Oh, somebody clap your hands and say amen to that. It reveals where I am, and it reveals the path where I, that I must take. But the power comes. The power, that is the purpose of the word of God. It is a revealer. It reveals where I am, the path that I must take. But the power comes when we take what has been revealed to us and obey it. We take what has been revealed. It would be a tragedy for the word of God to show you where you are and show you where you need to go. And and you can have all of the revelation and understanding of what you need to do. But the power of the word comes, amen, when the word of God couples with my flesh. Yeah. The word, when the word of God couples with my obedience to his word, there is nothing that can stand against me. Because it's not just me. It's me and his word. That's why it's the sword of the spirit. Because, because there has to be an element of flesh attached to the word. It's one thing to know what truth is. It's another thing to obey the truth, apply the truth, and live the truth. It's another, come on, the word becomes powerful for you when you take what you know and what you have been revealed and apply it to your life. That's when the word becomes powerful. And that's when the word does what you cannot do. Oh, yes, it does. It gives you power to do things and believe for things that you could never do all by yourself. I don't care how addicted you are, how broken you've become. If you could ever grab hold of the word, if you could ever grab hold of this is what God says. Amen. God shows up. Amen. Where somebody, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but God shows up with somebody with faith. And says, I can do a work in their life. God will blow your mind in what he can do if you could just believe his word. Somebody say amen to that. The word of God is a sword to us. The Bible, we we talked about this last week, but the Bible is a sword. Somebody say it's the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It's not just a book to be learned. It is a weapon to be used. The Bible 
is a sword. It's not a missile. It's not an arrow. It's not something that we can just release and throw at problems. But the Bible is something that will couple with us. It will, it will work with us. It does not work for us, but it will work with us. And we see the power of the word of God unfold in this manner. When my flesh attaches itself to his word. When my doubting, frustrated, tired at moments, hurting flesh attaches to his word, that's when something begins to happen. The word has to become a man, a part of flesh. If you just look at the word of God and study the word and know the word, it's of none effect. You've got to pick up the word of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Let, now let's get into this today. My subject on this final week is this, how to use the word of God. How to use the word of God. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. Is everybody all right this morning? Did I start too fast? I'm sorry. I'm just excited. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. And that from a child, Timothy, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith. Somebody say faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given of God and is profitable or useful for doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction or training in righteousness that the man or servant of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You can have a weapon. You can be any, any, any weapon owners in, in the room. Would you... Raise your hand, yeah. And weapon owners. There can be weapons of all. We're not uh, specifying here. Just weapons. Weapons. Uh, a lot of weapon, a lot of people that own weapons. And I own a weapon. My goodness. Uh, uh, but just because you are an owner of a weapon does not mean you know how to use a weapon. Am I right? You ever seen anybody use a weapon and you were concerned? <laughs> you know, come on, man. <laughs> we probably need a little bit more training. <laughs> Come on, you, we probably all have seen, you know, I, I bought Winston a, a, a year ago, I bought him a BB gun for his birthday because I'm a dad and that's what dads do, praise God, leave me alone. And I, 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 we, we bought a BB gun and the first time he shot that thing, I was concerned. <laughs> I was concerned uh, because he had a weapon, but he wasn't fully aware of how to use his weapon. Amen. This, this word, the word of God, is a weapon. But it will not work if we do not use it the way that it is meant to be used. 
And so let's go to Ephesians chapter 6 and talk about how to use the Word of God. This is an important thing. might be simple to some of you, but I'm telling you, it's not simple, and you've got to catch a hold of this today. Ephesians 6 and 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Somebody say the whole armor of God. We've heard about this before. That ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So, so Paul is describing in his last words to the church at Ephesus, he's talking about the armor of God. How many of you have seen Sunday school lessons about the armor of God, about the helmet of salvation, and about having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel and your the breastplate of righteousness. It's got in, in the lesson you 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 always deck out somebody in 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 equipment, right? I, I was looking for equipment this morning and we couldn't find all the equipment, so I, I went with the equipment I had. But but I want you to imagine th- this this imagery that Paul is painting. He he's painting. A description of what these are for and this is a whole nother lesson and study in itself and we certainly don't have time to cover all this but he said he said have your loins girt about with truth somebody say truth have on the breastplate of righteousness somebody say righteousness having your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace somebody say the gospel now watch this above all taking the shield of faith wherewith Ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, now I want us to, I'm going to challenge you a little bit here, but I, I want you to stay with me. Paul makes a very intentional statement here when he says, above all taking the shield of faith. He makes a very intentional statement here because here's last week we learned that the, that the word of God is in our hands and it's connected to us. Are you with me? <clears throat> the word of God is in our hands and it's connected to us. But the word of God is not the only thing that's in our hands. I don't know if I can do this or not, but I'm going to try. Can you hear me? The Word is not the only thing in my hands. The other thing that is in my hand is the shield of faith. That means that faith, just as the Word is, is an extension of of me. Do you hear me right now? The word does not work in a place that I do not swing it. Faith does not work in a place that I do not take it to. Are you with me right now? Yes, the word, but it's not the word only. The word 
is not the most powerful thing in your arsenal. Listen to Paul. Faith is the most powerful thing in your arsenal. Because you can have word all day long, but if you don't believe the word, what is the use? You can have Bible all day long, but if you don't really believe that it's for you, do you hear me? If, if, if you don't believe, well, that's for somebody else. Well, that doesn't apply to my, you know what you're doing? You know what you're doing? You might have word for it, but you ain't got faith for it. You might have Bible to conquer where you are. You might, you do. You have everything you need to conquer where you are. But if you don't have faith for it, that's why it's impossible to please God without faith. It, you can have all the words that you want, but he, he did not say that it's impossible to please me without my word. He said it's impossible, in other places we allude to that, but you've got to get this right now. It's impossible to please him without faith because they that come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Oh God, oh God, faith opens the door to believe the word. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm so excited right now. Faith opens the door to believe the word of God. Hebrew, I'll prove it to you. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. Hear this. Oh God, help us. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Hang, hang on a minute. I, I understand, I learned that God created the world through the Bible. I learned it, I, I, I read it, I, I saw it in scripture that, that in the beginning God created the heavens. I saw it in scripture. What do you mean? What do you mean it wasn't through the word? The, the, the word says it's not, it's, it's, not, it's not through the word that I gain understanding. It's through faith. Faith. Through faith we understand. Through, do you hear me this morning? Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. Yes, the word tells us it. Yes, the word shows us that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, but the word can proclaim it all day. If I do not believe it, it does not work. The only word that can apply to my life is the word that I believe. The only word that applies to my life are the words that I believe. And so when pastor comes up here and proclaims words like you'll be the head and not the tail, 
proclaims things of Scripture that you're going to be above and not beneath, that blessed is going to be thy basket, and blessed will be thy store, Deuteronomy 28. The Word is proclaiming all of these things to us. But it doesn't mean that everybody in the room attaches their faith to it. Are you hearing me right now? It's, it's not just the sword that is an extension of me. It's faith that is an extension of me. And if I do not take my faith to a situation, I have no power. If I do not take my belief, my trust, my hope in God, if I do not take my faith to where I am, the word does not work. But the word, amen, becomes powerful when I take my faith in one hand and I take his word in the other and I say, Lord, I believe that every word in this book is for me. I believe, God, this word for my situation. And you take your faith and couple it with his word you can defeat the enemy that stands before you but you can't be one dimensional you can't be one dimensional you can't be full of faith and have no word right it works both ways you can't be full of faith and have no word other words you can have all the zeal and faith and belief in the world but you've got nothing to stand on you can have all the faith in the world and no word and you've missed it. You can have all of the word and no faith and also miss it. Just look at the Pharisees. All the word, no faith, missed it. Blind. Three feet away from the Christ. Can't see. Word, yes. Law, yes. All, all of that, yes, none, none better. They knew it all, but they did not believe. They worked together. How to use the word of God. Number one, if you're taking notes, number one, the word of God must be coupled with your faith if you are going to defeat the things that stand before you. That is the truth. You have to couple the word with your faith. The word does not work unless faith is active in a believer. Just like the word, faith follows our flesh. And so that's why we can only be healed from the things that we believe God can heal us of. You want to know why some of us stay bound mentally? Because somehow we have elevated anxiety, depression. We've elevated these mental things that we deal with. We've exalted them to be equal with God. That's what our society has done. And I'm going to talk about it here this morning. I sure am. We've exalted these mental illnesses and things to a place where, where, where not even the Word, not even God can, can, can deal with that. that oh, that's got to, that, that, you know, you got to go through this and a process of that and counseling and all. And I believe in counseling and all of those. Please don't get me wrong. All of you, you know me. You know my heart. But we can't, we must be careful to exalt mental illness and mental things to a place that are above the Word of God. 
We cannot. We cannot exalt mental illnesses and depression and anxiety and fear and doubt that we cannot exalt it against the word and the will of God. God is the creator of the mind. Oh, I feel my help in this room right now. God is the creator of the mind. And if he created it, he has authority over it. Oh, yes, he does. If he created it, he has authority over it. Some of you can't be, oh, God. I don't want to diminish what's going on in your life. Listen, I've been there. I've wallowed in places of depression. Pastors called me and pulled me out of some of the roughest moments of my life. And he knows exactly what I'm talking about. I've been there. I've, I've done that. But never, listen to me, your, your depression, the things that you deal with mentally are not too strong for God. You can't tell me. You can't tell me that it's too strong. You can't tell me that that can't be healed in an altar. You can't tell me that, that a man of God can't lay hands on that person and they be, I've already seen it. Abby Clark, Abby, she, she's not a, she, she doesn't care if I tell you this, but Abby Clark one week, one week ago texted my wife and I and she said, I, I, I just, I'm just so thankful this morning. I, I, want, I wanted to send you all this text because today is the five-year anniversary of when God instantly delivered me from anxiety. She was so full of anxiety that she would that she that that, that that she got sick every morning, nearly every morning before before she went to am I telling the truth, brother and sister Clark? Before she went to school, dealt with crippling and debilitating anxiety. But one moment in the presence of the creator of the mind, of the creator, oh Lord have mercy, one moment in his presence, and anxiety was destroyed just like that. Because what happened? Her faith got in agreement with the word of God. And so I've come to tell you somebody in this room with all kindness that I possibly can, it is very possible that you are where you are because you have not believed God. Amen. That you can come out of the cave of depression and fear. You have not believed God that you could come out of where you are. Maybe I'll always be like this. I'll, 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 for the rest of my life, I'll, I'll walk around limping emotionally. You don't have to limp emotionally. The word says, I don't have to limp. I am fearfully. I am wonderfully made. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I bind every spirit in the name of Jesus that would tell you that God is not stronger than your mind, that God is not stronger than your fear, than your anxiety. I bind that in the name of Jesus and I command it to be loosed from your people now. Lift your hands and respond. Come on, some of you that are in a pit in your mind, lift your hands and couple your faith with the word. Come on, we need to take a moment right here. I feel some chains falling off of somebody in this room. I feel some chains falling off of somebody's mind in this. I am who God says that I am. Woo. Oh, God. 
Be seated. The Lord is here in this room. You got to couple your faith with his word. You got to forget the past. You got to forget how many times you prayed. You got to forget how many times you've had no answer. But if you'll just keep knocking, if you'll just keep believing, hang on, honey. There's a visitation coming from heaven down to, oh, God. He's coming to where you are. Don't lose your faith. Whoo! Willpower. Willpower is not enough. Listen, we cannot live for God just trying not to sin. We, we can't live, we, we got to get this mentality out of here that living for God is just trying to hold my mouth long enough throughout the, the week that I don't slip up and cuss. When did, when did we get that? Because it wasn't from the word. Living for God is not just about, well, I didn't do wrong this week. I deserve you this week, God. Or the opposite, I did a bunch of wrong this week. I don't deserve you, God. You ain't living according to the word. You're living according to your flesh, both directions. You're living according, you are basing your salvation on your emotions. And you can't base who you are on your emotions. You have to base your faith in his word. You have to base whether you are saved or not in his word. That's why some of you are this number. Good one day, terrible the next. Good one day, terrible the next. Because you are ruled by your emotions and not his word. You just are. You, you show me somebody that's, that's super hot, super cold, you know, a roller coaster. They are living according to their emotions, and your emotions tell you whether you are saved or not. You can't live that way. You can't. Nobody can successfully live for God based on their emotions and survive. Nobody. You're going to be a basket case. You are a basket case. I mean, my goodness. You're up one week, down the next. We don't know how we're going to find you because... Because you just live by what your emotions tell you to live. And that's, you don't want to live that way. You're not happy. I feel like I'm, I feel like a doctor right now. It's just like, it's like, you know, just. You can't live that way. You've got to live based upon the word. It's hard to live based upon the word sometimes. Because when I don't feel forgiven, <laughs> I, I'm going to just be honest. I had to fight some, I grew up in church and I'm thankful for it. But there's some cultures and things and there's some, there, there were some thoughts that I had to conquer as a teenager. One of those is, is I had, to, I, I had to literally take my mind out of the picture and trust his word that says, if I will repent, he will forgive me. That's hard to digest. That's hard for me to swallow because sometimes my emotions tell me that I don't need to be forgiven. My emotions and my own flesh tells me, hey, roll around in this a little bit. Roll around in this junk until, until you've done it long enough to where you've earned forgiveness. That's not biblical. It's not biblical. For a just man, Falls, a just, just, a good, a good man falls seven times and gets back up again. 
Can we tag team preach for a minute? Can I jump in this? I, I haven't done this in a long, long time. But I, I just got something in my spirit. I was in devotion the other day, and God gave me a word in my personal time with him. I've, I've shared it with about three different times this week. It is one of the most powerful verses because when you are dealing with condemnation in chapter uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. 1 John 3 and 20. 1 John 3 and 20. Let's look what it says. Amen. She's getting it right now. 1 John, get your Bibles out. 1 John 3 and 20. Look what it says. For if our heart condemn us, everybody say our flesh. Watch what it says. God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. For there is therefore now no condemnation to them that walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And when your own heart says, you failed, you're not good enough, you've got to raise up in the love of God and say, but his word says he loves me. His word says... His love is unconditional. His word says I am good enough when my heart says I'm not good enough. Come on, somebody say amen. Are you ready for the next verse? Look what it says. It says, beloved, I want you to look at your neighbor and use that biblical King James Version fancy verse for he loves you, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, beloved. Oh, just say it with a smile on your face. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. You've got to get to a place that his word is more powerful than your heart. What he says is greater than your flesh. He loves me even though I'm not perfect. He loves me in my mistake. He loves me in my bad decisions. It's not over yet. Come on, jump to your feet and shout, his word says he loves me. His word says he's for me. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. His word is higher than my emotions. His word is higher than my fear. His word is greater than my mistake. His word is greater. Sister Ross made one of the greatest statements I've ever heard. The other night she said, you know, pastor, because she is in her young years, amen, amen. She said, you know, Pastor, there are no do-overs. She said, but there are second chances. <laughs> I come to tell you, you can't go back and relive your teenage years. You can't go back and relive your 20-somethings. But when you come to him, he said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'm going to give you rest. I want you to clap your hands and shout. Come on, clap your hands and say, he's greater than my heart that condemns me. Somebody shout, he's greater than my heart that says I'm not good enough. You, you failed too many times. You've been in and out too many times. You made promises you didn't keep. 
your heart says it's not good enough. But I hear a God that's greater than the voices in my heart saying, come to me. Come to me. I haven't given up on you. Come on, I'm talking to somebody in your older years right now. He's not finished. It's not over. Your greatest days are ahead of you. Would you clap your hands and shout with me right now? There's something moving. There's something happening. It's not over yet. Oh, somebody shout amen. We got to do this more often. This is fun. I'm going to tell you right now. Throw that scripture back up there. 1 John 3.20. See this. See this. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart. Now, now, now let, let this sink in and let God reveal this to you. God is greater than our heart. In the beginning was the word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And so if God is greater than our heart, God's Word is greater than our heart because this is God. I, you've got to let that sink in right now. God is, if our heart condemns us, God, God is greater than our heart. That means him, his voice, his word, God is greater than my heart. It's greater than where I am. His word, somebody say his word is greater than my heart. Oh, clap your hands and receive that. Woo! And y'all feel revelation in this room? It's just, oh man, it's in here. Let, let me, let me. Uh, Watch, Revelation 1.16. You can't talk. You can't talk about the word of God without talking about a couple things, about faith and without words. You can't talk about the word of God without talking about words. Revelation 1.16. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp, two-edged sword out of his mouth. You cannot talk about the word of God, the Bible, without talking about, listen, this, I know this is simplistic, but sometimes we overlook it. These are words that God spoke. These are holy men of old wrote as the Lord spoke to them. God spoke these are words from God. And the Bible says that his word came out of his mouth as a two-edged sword. Amen. You were created in the likeness and in the image of God. Out of your mouth comes a sword. Out of your mouth comes something powerful comes something that has the ability to tear down and something that has the ability to build up. You cannot talk about the Word of God without talking about how do you use the Word of God? You take God's words and make them your words. Because your words, your words will affect where you are and where you end up. Watch, watch. Watch, watch how powerful words are. Psalms 59, 7. Behold, uh, they belch out with their mouth. Swords are in their lips. For who say, uh, for, for who say they doth hear? Proverbs 12, 18. 
there is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. But the tongue is of but but the tongue of the wise is health. Psalm 64, 2 and 3. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words. After mentioning, it's no accident that Paul, this is the same chapter, okay? This is the same chapter. Paul talks about the armor of God. I've got to hurry. Paul talks about the armor of God and the sword of the Spirit. talks about faith. But then right after, he goes into words. Paul begins in Ephesians chapter 6. and Put Ephesians 6.19 up there real quick. We're going to end right here. Put this up. Ephesians 6.19. Last words of Paul to the church at Ephesus. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Go on. For which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul said, after talking about the armor of God, Pray for me that I speak the way that I ought to speak. You cannot talk about the word of God without talking about your words. Because any time that your words don't line up with his, your words become destructive. Your words become something that tears those down around you and tears you down personally. But if your words become edifying, if they become loving and kind, if they become in agreement with the word of God, the Bible says it's like a sword that comes out of your mouth It's something that builds. It's something that creates. It's something that forms. Come on. In your mouth is the power and the ability to create. You have the power to to create the atmosphere in which you live by the words that you speak. Oh, yes, you do. You can can believe it or not, but you have the power to create the atmosphere in which you dwell. Show me somebody negative and I'll show you somebody that's got chaos around them and people don't want to be around them. But show me me somebody full of hope. Show me somebody full of faith and, and, and they do this number to other people and they do this number to their own selves because the word has to affect our words. The word of God must affect what we say and what we proclaim. Stand with me all over the room. And I will conclude right here. Matthew chapter 4. Jesus is tempted of the devil after fasting for 40 days. And Jesus and Satan comes to tempt him. And, and, and Satan tempts him in all these different ways. And Jesus proclaims the word. He proclaims the word. Matthew chapter 4. you got to see this. Uh, verse, let's try verse 2. Am I okay? I'm a little bit over. I'm sorry. Uh, give me one more minute. One. Just uno. Uno mas. When he had fasted 40 days, 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. Next. When the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Next verse. But he answered. He answered. That means he spoke. He spoke. He spoke and he said. He said it's written man. He spoke the word. 
He spoke what was written. You've got to speak what was written. You've got to speak what was said. Amen. You've got to use the word by speaking the word of God. And that's how it's going to happen. That's how you use the word of God. Couple it with your faith. Couple it with your words. And you're going to be all right. Lord, we thank you today. In Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you, Lord. God, we thank you for faith, God, to believe that this word is for me. God, we thank you, oh God, for the power that you have given us to create in our own mouths. Lord, I pray that you would help us to use it. Help us to use our mouth, God, to, 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 to win battles, to fight against the darkness of our day. Lord, help us to effectively use the word by using our faith and using our own words in agreement with your word. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord if you're thankful for his word. Some of you got to find something to stand on. Find the word of God that matches the situation where you're in and proclaim that. Somebody say, find something to stand on. God bless you in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.